Here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. Uh, the we includes social media director Spencer the Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the wind. Nobody beats the That's right. Spencer has his own theme music. It is earned and deserved. Also joining us, as he does almost every week, is producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who, aside from producing several shows here at Lotus Broadcasting, is also the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights radio network uh this show is live and again it's streaming on the lv sports network and you can watch the show on facebook live and on twitch now the page is called out of line that's o-u-t-t-a-l-i-n-e follow the show on instagram and twitter at out of line fox lv and since we are live your calls and questions are welcome the fox sports luminate home loans studio line 702-876-1340 Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap brought to you by the Galindo Legends team at Luminate Home Loans. If you are looking to purchase a home, refinance the home you currently live in, or if you just have any questions regarding real estate or mortgage, give them a call at the Galindo Legends team at Luminate Home Loans at 702-964-5720. On tap, the Vegas Golden Knights are perfect to start the season And they've got the same score in all three games. We will be joined today by the play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights on ESPN Deportes. Jesus Lopez looking very forward to his story. You guys will enjoy that. Stick around for that one. Also, the Las Vegas Aces getting ready for Game 3 of the WNBA Finals. Looking to repeat as WNBA champions. They'll be in New York to take on the Liberty in Brooklyn today. And uh, if they win... They win, and that's it, man. It's over with. Also, UNLV retains the Fremont Cannon. As Magnum would say, they beat that team from up north yesterday. And uh, they didn't the, other, the other school in the state of Nevada. I'll just say the team from up north. We don't even want to give them that much credit. Don't even put Nevada in there, especially how embarrassing they were yesterday. I mean, this team, there's 133 registered defenses in D1 football. They are ranked 133. So I don't know how much UNLV wants to pat themselves on the back for that one. But also today at Allegiant Stadium, the Las Vegas Raiders will play Josh McDaniels, former team that he was a coordinator on, the GOAT, Bill Belichick. They come to town. Raiders beat them last year. Will it happen again? We'll find out a little bit later on today. We've also got uh, Major League Baseball, the League Championship Series. Shocking the Houston Astros are in it again. But it is not. It is shocking the other three teams, man. The only division winner to win it, the team that won their division on the last day of the regular season. All three other teams with 100-plus wins are gone. Pretty cool. We'll talk about that. And, uh, the, you know, we have week six in the NFL, and, of course, that means our picks of the week. And, um, man, it's kind of shocking the order that we are in right now. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. That is what's on tap. Once again, if you are looking to purchase a home or refinance the home you own, 
You can do that with the Legends, the Glinda Legends team at Luminate Home Loans, a banker licensed in all 50 states that can definitely take care of all of your home financing needs and questions. Once again, the number to call, 702-964-5720. That's what we got going here. I want to get right to it, guys. We got a big show today. I'll try to keep us on on track, all kinds of things, loaded studio. But let's get right to it, Spence. Go ahead and hit nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Well, the puck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you obviously have less time off from, from gameplay, right? Um, playing until the middle of June, so, uh, yeah, shorter summer. Um, I thought everyone did a good job coming back here in, in good shape and, you know, just kind of trying to pick up where we left off. Now, I don't think that was our, our best game by any means. Um, but we, we found a way to win, and, and that's what's important. Jack Eichel, after last night's big win over Anaheim, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights, the best record in the NHL. Well, then again, they played three games. A lot of other teams have only played two, but they are 3-0. and there's some irony, man. Four to one is kind of a magical story. I think it somehow on Tuesday night against Dallas, they win four to one. People are going to have to start talking about that score. Hopefully, that's just a superstition. Magnum's going to thwart it right now. I can see he turned on his light. So, well, I, I was just going to say that they beat the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals four games to one. They did. They so, did. So, I mean, maybe maybe there's a theme here. Okay. Well, the first five games they should go four and one then, but let's hope let's hope it's better than that. Yeah, well, Dallas coming to town Tuesday. But, uh, I don't think those guys are a one goal team. I uh, know it's a, it's a rematch of the last year's Western Conference Finals, the uh, the Dallas Stars, and it should be a pretty good game, man. I'm looking forward to and joining us in studio right now. I am honored to have this guy. Uh, if you listen to ESPN Deportes, he is the voice and has been the only voice that has done the Vegas Golden Knights on ESPN Deportes uh, here in Las Vegas. Does a tremendous job. I don't know that anyone gets more excited than Jesus Lopez when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights. I've had some great opportunities to uh, spend some time with Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus and I walked around the ice after uh, they won the finals last year. We were walking around. We got a picture with William Carlson that both of us uh, probably cherish to this day. Jesus has some more jewelry that I would love. He hasn't gotten it yet, but he's getting it that I would love to cherish but it's going to be a, a Vegas Gold Knights ring. And Jesus, happy to have you on the show, my friend. Good morning, Las Vegas. Uh, thank you, Brian. Chris, it's an honor being here. Yes, yes, uh, exciting moments, definitely. And I'm still, you know, uh, uh, thinking about that day. Uh, I got to lift up the Stanley Cup in the middle of the rink. And that is a moment that I will cherish for the rest of my life, that is for sure. Yeah, Spencer, I sent, I spent, sent Spencer some pictures, so he's going to be showing pictures of uh, of you and some of the things you got to do. Just just incredible. <laughs> this guy brings me to tears, Chris. Uh, I, I see him at the Raiders game, and he plays me a little video of when he was in the parade, you know, in the, in the mosh pit that was the parade of the Vegas Golden Knights after they won the Cup. And you get to hear his son, how proud he is of it. I'm going to get emotional again, how proud he is of his dad as he's filming it, Chris. He's yelling, he's yelling, uh, that's my dad. That's my, you know how cool that is to have your son doing that. I, Jesus, talk about that again just briefly, how much that meant to you, kind of culminating with everything that's happened in the past six years. <laughs> well, we were in the middle of the celebration. Uh, Ryan Wallace was with, uh, behind me on that bus. And all of a sudden, the kinesiologist from the Vegas Golden Knights uh, asked me, hey, do you know that guy on the other side of the uh, boulevard? And, and I looked uh, uh, to the other side, and it was my son. I 
I noticed it right, right away because he was wearing the, the orange Hispanic Heritage jersey, right? So I didn't hear what he was saying. I just was, uh, I was just waving the Mexican flag to him, you know, and saying hi to my son, which I'm very proud of because he graduated in December from UNLV. And, and, uh, and then he sent me the video. And then I heard what he was, you know, yelling. And, and uh, you know, that, is, that was totally worth it. I mean, the whole thing, just listen to my son yelling to the top of his lungs, you know, uh, how proud he was. It and, made it worth it for me. I mean, <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, Jesus, it, it's just really cool. You know, I, I say the same thing, you know, it's like, it's, uh, I, I love hearing, you know, my children, they brag about their dad and what I get to do. And it's, uh, you know, for me, it just became part of life, but it, you know, when you hear it from them, you realize how cool it is to them, yeah. which makes it even cooler to us. Jesus, what does all this mean to you, man? I mean, six years, you know, talk a little bit about your story because it's an incredible story which not just led you here mm -hmm. but led you to the Vegas Golden Knights and being their play-by-play -play voice. And, I mean, it's legendary. No one other than you will ever be the first play-by-play uh, -play guy in ESPN Deportes doing the Vegas Golden Knights. You're, you're it, man, forever. I mean, you got to pay attention to what you get in the call, you know, because uh, when I did... When I got that call threatening my family in Mexico, this cartel that was after my daughter, they wanted to kidnap my daughter, and, and it was a very sad story. So that pushed me to leave my country behind. So I came to the States, and, and I'll always be thankful to Tony Bonici because he believed in me since the very first beginning on sales, you know, doing production and everything. But then um, I was just keeping eyes uh, open to opportunities. And when I heard Mr. Bill Foley saying that he wants the Hispanic community involved in Las Vegas Golden Knights project, I didn't say anything. I just went into the edit bay, started making demos. And uh, I gave him to Tony Bonici. And it was Tony Bonici who told me, uh, why don't you do your soccer, soccer uh, goal call, you know, and, and see how it sounds uh, with a, a demo and see how, how it can... Um, if they like it or not, uh, over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, they liked it, and they gave me the chance. So I'm very grateful to him. But I was never expecting, you know, to end up doing what I went to school for in Mexico because my family has been in the pizza business for 45 years in Mexico. That's why we got targeted by one of the cartels. And it got really ugly, you know, to the point that they forced me to live behind everything I did for a long time but it was totally worth it because as i said you know i never thought that i would end up doing what i'm doing right now and and, and uh, especially um what it represents i know because i read the story of hockey i read the story of the uh, uh stanley cup and uh i call it at some point the holy grail because that is the biggest trophy that you can find anywhere in sports around the world even the soccer uh world cup you know the jules remet they have several jules remet cups but this is the only one and and uh it's it's uh every time that i get near the cup i get near the history i get near that to something that means so much for so many people in canada in the united states and when you see all these players, you know, from Sweden, for, from uh, Russia, uh, from Germany, and, and, and uh, how important this is, um, we have a motto on our show, it's once, it's all it takes. Once that you get to see a hockey game live, you'll be there forever, no doubt about it, because it's such a special sport, you know. And as I said it uh, before, 
Every sport has its own soul, but hockey is a very, very special soul because after all, uh, above all the roughness of the game, all of those uh, hits, all of that uh, adrenaline, still a beautiful sport because they're skating on ice. So you get amazing pictures of the game, you know, and, and, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's unbelievable sport. I, I just love hockey. I mean, I got to the point that I don't care for soccer anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it is true. I don't care about soccer much anymore. That's that's shocking to hear. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, you're you're so dead on with the sport of hockey. I mean, there's an old sports cliche, poetry in motion. And I don't know what word initially came up or what sport it was initially. But that is hockey to me because yeah. of the fact you can get over, you can get going over 20 miles an hour on your feet yes. and make maneuvers that you couldn't make without the skates and again you can go 20 miles an hour on your feet and hit somebody there is no sport where you can go faster and actually have contact a very physical sport a very demanding sport but a very poetic sport and a beautiful sport yes. as you said yes. and uh and the one thing that i like about uh, hockey the most jesus and we've we've discussed this before it's the participants, the players. You know, I've got an opportunity in my life to cover just about every major sport from boxing to auto racing and all the majors. And out of all of them, I would say the most humble athletes are NHL players. And people laugh at me and they say, well, that's because most of them aren't, aren't from the U.S., you know, <laughs> or a lot of them are. <laughs> but, but, you know, the truth of the matter is they are humble guys. You know, a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, I said when you look at him in the locker room, it looks like he should be wearing a UPS shirt. You know, you'd never picture him <laughs> as an NHL player. But then you see him and he's a superstar, a guy that yeah. will be a first ballot Hall of Famer and yet one of the humblest and nicest professional yes. athletes I've ever met. What has your experience been getting the opportunity to meet these guys, especially being on the road and the players, your experience with them? You know what? Um, uh, let, let me start with the fans. I learned a, a lot, you know, uh, about respect for the fans because when we were in Winnipeg and then we were in uh, Edmonton, um, I saw uh, real life what it means for the Canadians, uh, what hockey means for the Canadians and the respect that they feel for the sport and how they suffer taking these losses against the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, you, you do nothing but, you know, develop respect out of that. And and uh, and they get sometimes they get aggressive, you know, when uh, I was on an interview with an FM radio station in Edmonton and the guy was like, and are really the Hispanic that familiar with that logo, you know, pointing to my pin on my, on my suit. And I go, what what logo? Yeah, the logo that you're wearing. That's not a logo. Oh, no, then what is it? Well, this is the shield that protects our city. It's way more than just a logo, you know? Yeah. So you have to be prepared for, you know, with those answers for guys like that. I loved it. I've heard that one before, <laughs> and I love that answer because it is a shield. It's a crest, and, and it's something it that we in Las Vegas take very seriously and really respect and admire and and again it's the culmination of everything you know October 1st 2017 one of the biggest tragedies in American history yes. definitely here in Las Vegas yep. and um, and then the Golden Knights start playing right afterwards and they start winning and in this community they bonded this community they were the gorilla glue that put us all together there was a change in Las Vegas after that happened and the Golden Knights made it magical their first season an inaugural season making this run to the Stanley Cup final was absolutely unbelievable. And the way Bruce Cassidy handles it, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, going back to your question, um, we were in Florida 
And I called Dave Gocher early in the morning, and I told hey, Dave, what time are we leaving for the uh, training? And then uh, Dave tell me, change of plans, Jesus. We're not going to, to the arena. And I go, well, what do you mean? After we lost uh, the third game. Um, what do you mean? I asked Dave, and he says, uh, Bruce Cassidy's orders is not to even talk about hockey today. He wants the players to reset and to look around them just to see what they have achieved with hockey and, and you know, make them realize if they really want to go for this. So I was like, I was really surprised, you know, and, and but it's a very deep psychological way of handling things. So I walked out of the, uh, of the hotel, and we were in the Ritz-Carlton in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and most of the guys were just sitting there looking at the ocean, you know, most of the players in silence, not saying anything, just a glass of ice water in front of them, and, and, uh, and then I got it. You know, there are times in life when you just have to reset yourself and go for it. And what we did after that, it was amazing. And, and uh, still, you know, we have a 3-0, and uh, the same score, as you said. And last night, Jack Eichel's goal was wow. a poem. Oh, my goodness. The way he handled the puck, stick to yeah. the stick. I mean, it was just amazing. And that is good because he grows in confidence because he tried so many times to do those kinds of plays. But scoring is a different story yeah. because that will give him confidence. And we have four goals from four different lines. Shea Theodore, what a shot, you know. And, and, and that's what, to me, Shea Theodore is one of the best defense on the NHL. He handles the puck like very few, uh, very few forwards. And he defends, recovers, and his shot is just, you know, killing and it was an amazing game to see. We're going against uh, Dallas on Tuesday, and that is the first professional game ever for the Vegas Golden Knights. It was against Dallas in Dallas, yeah. and uh, two goals for uh, uh, James Neal back yeah. then. Um, Dallas, well, I was going to not to interrupt you. Dallas is significant in a couple of reasons because uh, you know James Neal, as you said, their their first game there. But um, Dallas is a team that this you know the, the the Vegas Golden Knights have struggled against at times, yeah. and they have posed problems. But uh, last year, again, to 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 get to the Stanley Cup Finals, beating them, people were worried about them. There's been a lot of ties between Dallas and the Vegas Golden Knights. But you talked about Shea Theodore, and you know Shea Theodore. Well, you know, but people don't know they call him an original Vegas Golden Knight. I mean, the first year, the inaugural seasons. But right. Shea Theodore actually was cut at the beginning of the first season and went down to Chicago to play in the AHL. And uh, Shea Theodore was about only about two weeks. He got called back up. Somebody got hurt, and they brought Shea Theodore back. And I actually went and interviewed him. And I said, you know, you know, I was one of the guys when I made the when I made my roster. I had him on the final roster, so I was a little surprised he got cut. And I kind of mentioned that to him, and he looked at me and got very serious. He says, "I'm never going back down." Boy, talk about a prominent premonition. <laughs> he was, and then I brought it up to him. I asked him that question after the on the ice when you and I were together. I went over and talked to Shea Theodore and asked him that question. He smiled and he said, "You know, George McPhee came up to me today and apologized for that for sending me back down at the very beginning." But I got a chance to talk to Shea Theodore last night after the game for a minute, and you know. Um, 
you know, with 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 Che Theodore and you know how this defense they have been really strong. I mean, you're talking about they've given up three goals in three games to this point, and not with their their top six defensemen. They're make they're makeshift right now in defense. They've only got two guys that are regular defensemen for this team playing, and everyone else is kind of just getting thrown in there and they're moving it around because of a lot of people being out, including Petrangelo who got hurt two games ago. Yeah. And this is what Shea th- said about how good they're playing defense. Defensive mixtures, and you've given up cumulatively three goals this season in three games. What does that say about your defense? Yeah, um, you know we played well. Um, you know I think guys have guys have come in and stepped up and played well, and um, you know it's it's definitely good to see our depth come in like that. And, you know, that's the whole thing is depth is everything. And that's one thing. The Vegas Golden Knights have been a plug-and-play team. And one thing I've learned, Jesus, is I am done questioning anything Kelly McCrimmon or George McPhee do for this team. There's a reason they have the jobs they have in their hockey minds. And here I'm from Detroit, and I think, man, I know a lot about hockey. When it comes to those two, I'll just sit down and shut up and let them do their (laughs) job because they're about as good at doing their job as anybody in the National Hockey League. Definitely. Jesus, this team right now, um, you know, they're clicking in all cylinders. It's like they picked up right where they went. They left off last mm-hmm. season. And, you know, you got a chance to be around this team all last season through the postseason. It is a confidence that's almost unexplainable that these guys have when they're in there. And especially a guy like Aiden Hill, who last year at the beginning of the season, they brought in at the last second to because when they realized Robin Leonard wasn't going to be there for the season, uh, it was going to be Logan Thompson was their guy, and Aiden Hill was just going to kind of sit on the bench, and when they needed him, he would be a spot starter. He ended up being not only being the Stanley Cup champion goalie for this team, but one of the guys that was mentioned in the MVP voting to win the Conn Smythe. I mean, he played that well throughout the postseason. You know, he was hurt at first. He came back after Brossois and just played well. When, I, when we talked about Dallas earlier, you know, I really thought Aiden Hill came into his own in that last Dallas game in the regular season. When Right when they picked up Jonathan Quick at the training deadline, they played Dallas that night, and Quick was on the bench behind him. Aiden Hill gets 51 saves and plays the best game of his career, and I said, you know, do you think it has anything to do with Jonathan Quick getting picked up? You've got a two-time Stanley Cup, former Vesna Award MVP guy you just picked up to play in net, and you know there's only two goalies that could be on the bench. Logan Thompson, it was rumored he might be healthy. You didn't know if Brossois was going to be back, and Aiden Hill saying to himself, man, I want that guy to be me. I want to be that guy, and then he stepped up in that Dallas game, and Bruce Cassidy even said that Part of the decision when Brossois went down not to go with Jonathan Quick and to go back to Aiden Hill was he thought about that Dallas game and the 50 saves he made. And he said, man, this guy is playing good hockey at the right time. I'm going to go back to Hill again instead of going to Quick. And he never had to make a decision again on that because Hill took over the goaltending responsibility and ran with it. Um, We've just seen so much, Jesus, about how good this team is. What do you think? Is, is this team going to repeat this year? I mean, obviously we're f- three games into the season, but, man, I know they're one of the favorites to repeat, but if they stay relatively healthy, who's going to beat them? It's just like you said, you know, uh, Kelly McRaymond and George McPhee, they really know what they're doing uh, when, as far as taking this sort of decision. Some, some of them looked really crazy to us. I remember when Fleury uh, uh, left and uh, – I said, we will never get over Fleury, you know, leaving Vegas uh, Golden Knights. And then you have a spectacular goalie like Aiden Hill, whose sole uh, purpose was not to let go. The opportunity was given to him. And, and he played. He's a magical goalie. 
And we saw it last night. The way he moves in front of the net is, 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 is just it's unbelievable. The saves he did in the last, uh, uh, on the third uh, period, I mean, that will get, you know, the rival depressed and psychologically devastated because they're trying their best, their hardest, and their fastest moves yeah. against a goalie that simply stops everything from any angle. He committed, he committed a mistake with uh, uh, Winnipeg during the playoffs. You know, uh, they score a goal right in between the pole and his arm. Since that moment, he has never committed the same mistake. Yeah. He just sticks to the poles on every side with such ease. And, and uh, uh, his saves are just as spectacular as Fleury was, you know, and the, the way he uses the stick. And, and uh, he's just a very secure uh, uh, goalie. Even when they're behind the net, it's like he has eyes behind his head. Yeah, he he's so much confidence. Yeah. And I said that before last night's game, just looking him out there. I'm like, he's playing with house money. I mean, last year he was never expected to be in this position. He has absolutely made a name for himself around the National Hockey League now. Made, got himself a nice contract. And again, he's won a Stanley Cup. I mean, everything from here on out, no pun intended, is icing on the cake. Yes, I mean, did. it just, uh, and, and that's why I think he's so much more loose and so much more confident. And what we have to remember is Aiden Hill is only 27 years old. It's not like he could have another 10 years in the in the NHL before he's done. Goalies play into their late 30s. So going to be interesting to see how that pans out. You know, another guy that, that I was going to talk about, you know, one of the things real quickly as we wrap up, I know we're going a little bit over, but, you know, a guy like Keegan Colasar. When they let go of Ryan Reeves a couple of years ago, it's funny because the fans booed him when he first came to the team back in 2017 <laughs> yeah. because they thought, well, that's not our style of play. It's like, well, you don't know the NHL. You need bruisers. You need one of those guys. Yes. And Keegan Colasar has kind of stepped up in that role and fulfilled the role <laughs> of Ryan Reeves. And in the last couple of games, two of them, he's gotten in fights both games protecting other players. Chris asked Bruce Cassidy after the game in the press conference about that, and this was, the, this was that. Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. If I could ask you a little bit about, more about Keegan Colasar and, and him holding guys accountable. Like, he's got the skill set that it doesn't seem like he has to be that guy, but he seems to be the guy more times than not who's out there holding guys accountable. Just what does it say about him as a locker room guy and as a player to be that guy? Well, I think the, the, the players can answer that much better than I can, but you certainly appreciate it as a coach, and they appreciate it even more. Um, they were talking about this morning, the other day, Hamill got hit and was questionable as high, and he's in there making sure that, you know, we're, we're looking after one another today again. And, um, he has a, he's good in the forecheck, he's physical, we're trying to build him into the penalty kill, he chips in offensively, so he plays. He's not this guy that sits on the end of the bench and things get a little, you know, whatever, uh, physical. We say, okay, your turn to play. He plays all the time. He starts, last year he probably started 80% of the games for us. So we like what he brings, and that's part of it, just part of it. And I think you need that as a team. You have to have guys. Now, something broke up our stream yard there, but you did get to hear what Bruce Cassidy had to say and how important a guy like Keegan Colasar is. And the nice thing with Keegan Colasar, he do, he can put the puck in the net occasionally as well. It's not yes. like he's not going to score a goal or two, but you got to feel pretty secure, especially in a game like hockey, when you have a guy like Keegan Colasar on your team, knowing that if someone does something chippy, uh, that they're going to have to start looking over their shoulder because number 55 is going to be coming at him. <laughs> yes, I saw it yesterday very clear. And uh, 
it's, it's, it's a good thing because then you have uh, two or three guys uh, taking care of Colasar, which opens the spaces for the rest of the players, you know, being more comfortable in front of the net. Uh, but, you know, I enjoy it because uh, I also call fights, you know, in, in Spanish. And uh, last night I was like... Y le suelta la quijada, empieza a llavearlo, le manda el gancho al hígado, nuevamente recto al hígado, you know, because that's how it looks, and, and he's good. You know, he knows how to throw sure. some, how to throw punches. So, but yeah, um, I think it's important to know, you know, for the uh, rivals to know that there is someone looking after the rest of the players. That's really, really important. And uh, the other thing is that uh, he's getting better handling the puck, is getting better behind the net and is improving on his skills. Uh, Keegan Colasar. He was a rough player when he first uh, came to the team, but now it's it's, it's uh, getting better, even scoring. So yes. Yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing all the way around. Real quickly before we wrap up, of course, we have Jesus Lopez. He is the play-by-play uh, broadcaster for um, ESPN Deportes in Las Vegas, uh, the first Hispanic, and will always be the first guy to ever do uh, play-by-play on ESPN Deportes here in Las Vegas, and it's really cool, and I'm looking for I can't wait to see that ring. I know you'll be displaying it soon, and you better wear it to a Raiders game or to the Golden Knights game so I can come in and check it out. I'm excited about that. But really quickly before we wrap up, I just want to say around the NHL, uh, if you haven't paid attention, a guy that should be a Detroit Red Wing, uh, Connor Bedard, uh, has scored, has has had a point in each of the first three games, a goal and two assists. He is the first player... um, in quite a while to to do that in his first three games. Pretty darn impressive. I think uh, they said the first guy to do that since Nathan McKinnon in like 2012. And also last night, if you weren't paying attention, Austin Matthews, They've the Toronto's played two games. He has had hat tricks in both the first two games. Um, he is the first player to do that in a long, long time. I, I think I wrote that down, but I think since 2019, the first player to have hat tricks in the first two games of the season. I think it's happened five times in the history of the National Hockey League. Uh, he just continues to get better. And one of the things that I'm surprised at is the guy doesn't have a letter on his jersey. How does Austin Matthews not the captain or at least one of the alternate captains of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Maybe that says something about his character. I don't know. But you would think a guy as prominent as him would wear would wear the A. I mean, Eichel wears the A on the road already, and he just became a Golden Knight last year. Uh, it was nice to see Carlson, a couple of the old misfits, Carlson and McNabb, wearing them, wearing the, both wearing the A's last night. And of course, Mark Stone, the captain. Last thing I'll say as we head out today, we've got the game Tuesday night. Hey, Seuss, uh, Golden Knights look to start the season 4-0. That's pretty damn impressive yes. considering they had almost no rest this offseason. I mean, the shortest offseason you can have is when you win the Stanley Cup because you're, you're finishing your season in mid-June and starting back up in early October. But um, they're playing Tuesday night. What do you expect to see against the Dallas Stars on Tuesday night? I think it'll be a hard win, but a win at the end of the game uh, because uh, they are sore of us. Uh, that's uh, sore at us because what happened during the playoffs. So they have uh, some, you know, um, tickets to collect and they want to try to cash them here at the T-Mobile Arena, but it's not going to happen. I'm sure we're going to handle that game. Vegas Golden Knights looks extremely solid in every single line. As I said, every single line, four of uh, four different lines of score yesterday. And, and uh, I don't, I don't see how Dallas can beat the Vegas Golden Knights at home. 
I just simply don't see yeah, that. Well, anything happen. can happen on a given day, but I agree with you. And, and Vegas Golden Knights are doing it with different personnel, faces that we're used to, but you don't see all the time early in the season, which is which is pretty darn impressive. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the de- Vegas Golden Knights are going to win Tuesday night by a score of four to one. And let me let me be Doug. Let me let me be Doug Douglas and <laughs> accentuate that four. Two, one. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we'll do it with that. We have been joined today by Jesus Lopez, ESPN Deportes. You can hear him during every Vegas Golden Knights game. You can hear him on ESPN Deportes here on shows that he does. And uh, really appreciate taking the morning. I know Thank I'll you see you in a little while sitting two seats down I'll at the Raiders game there. today. Of course. I'll All see right. you there. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Once Crazy. again, Thank Jesus you. Lopez. Always appreciate uh, getting an opportunity to see Jesus once in a while at the Vegas Golden Knights games. He's usually in the box, so I don't see him often there. But I get to see him at the Raiders game and other events. One of the nicest guys you will see and does a phenomenal job. And before you go, the last thing I want you to do is William Carlson just scored a goal. Let me hear what you sound like on ESPN Deportes right now. Y sale a toda velocidad Jason Theodore por derecha. El pase es en diagonal. Lo toma Carlson por izquierda. Va cerrando por el costado derecho. Saca el disparo. Gol. I absolutely love it. I got got to give him a clap right here. That was fantastic. Once again, that is Jesus Lopez, ESPN Deportes, the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we appreciate him taking time out real quick. uh, As we're a little bit behind here, we'll get right into it. I'm just going to say quickly, Las Vegas Aces, as you know, uh, host, or I should say, play on the road in Brooklyn against the number two seed, New York Liberty. They are leading the best of five game series, three games to none, or excuse me, two games to none. Game three is today, and if they win that one, it's a closeout game. Spencer, I would just bring you in real quickly on uh, on the Las Vegas Aces. You know, this these games have been lopsided every time they play. Whether the Liberty win or the Aces win, it's lopsided. Whichever team wins, who do you expect? Who do you expect to win this game today? The and do you think the Liberty have any chance of making a comeback in the series? Well, I think they do, but I also think that this has become very personal for Asia Wilson. Something that the WNBA has desperately needed. There haven't really been any storylines that I can think of outside of like really bad things for the WNBA that have gotten it into the news and. Just seeing Asia Wilson kind of take it to a new level, I think, is really exciting. Uh, so, you know, I, I could see them ending this out. And I just don't think the New York Liberty, they're exciting. They're very good. Uh, but you're talking about a battle-hardened Aces team that have been to the playoffs, I think, every single year since they've been in Las Vegas. And also, you know, a few trips to the finals in between there. They got over the top last time versus someone like Ionescu, who, who's just now for the first time touching a finals floor. Yeah, and... I expect them to be better in New York, Spencer. I do. I expect, uh, you know, um, John Quell Jones, there's not really an answer for her on the inside. They don't have the size to maybe match up with John Quell Jones, but she's one of those people that that is somewhat, you get into her melon a little bit, get her bothered, and uh, and she plays poorly. She'll commit some bad fouls. She'll start getting upset. Uh, Brianna Stewart, it is amazing that she was the MVP. She is not, I'm not going to say she's disappeared in these playoffs. I mean, she had a double double last game but it was only like 14 points and like 12 boards I mean 
the bottom line is Asia Wilson, as you said, I think the chip on her shoulder is immense to prove she is the MVP, should have gotten the MVP. She gets it last year, has better statistics this year, and doesn't get it this year. And I think that is paying dividends for the Las Vegas Aces. I don't think they lose today, Spencer. I think they, they, they sweep the series. And that would be pretty cool because that would mean they swept all three series and went through the postseason unscathed. Uh, almost unheard of. I don't care what sport you're in. That's really damn impressive. Back-to-back wins and how cool is that the last three professional sports franchises here in las vegas if the aces go on to win it'll be three straight and the golden knights going for four straight this year uh i want to know what city can boast about that and have something like that going it's pretty cool especially tell the raiders about that brian well well, i i left them out of the conversation (laughs) because we're going to bring them back in in a few minutes but uh i think the aces win it today and again uh that game is this afternoon 12 o'clock is the starting time that's at the barclay center in brooklyn and uh, we'll see what happens there um, Spencer, go ahead. Since we're behind, just go ahead and hit fact this. Facts this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. It's a fact. After yesterday's trouncing of, as Magnum would say, that school from up north, the UNLV Rebel football team is one win away from becoming bowl, bowl eligible. This would be only the third time this century and the first time that has happened since Adeline's former co-host, Caleb Herring, was the Rebel quarterback back in the 2013 season. I think the bowl game was played in 2014, but um, pretty darn impressive. Guys, I got to tell you, and, and, and I'll start with you, Chris, you know, how good of a job is head coach Barry Odom doing, or would you expect? did you expect them to be this good this year? Well, to answer your second question, no. No, I didn't. Um, especially when Doug Brumfield got hurt. You're thinking, oh, no, here, here we go again. But uh, Jaden Maeva has come in, and he's done a, a, a pretty good job of helping this team win football games. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, um, at least catastrophic mistakes. I mean, there's still little things in his game that he's got to fix, but... I mean, this was a kid a couple years ago was was playing quarterback at Liberty High School down off of St. Rose Parkway there, and now he's helping UNLV win football games. He, I mean, look, in, in the last couple of weeks, he's won the Golden Pineapple, and he's won the Fremont Cannon as quarterback of this of this team. But, no, I, I, I didn't think they would be this good. I mean, I, I knew after listening to Barry Odom talk and meeting Barry Odom that he had a vision, and it wasn't talk. It wasn't rhetoric rhetoric it was this was a guy who knew football a guy who understood what he needed to do to come in and help build the program and look i mean we there have been a lot of guys here over the years who have been the up and coming assistant the 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 legend the guy who coached Justin Herbert in college right the 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 offensive coordinator we, we've had all those guys here. The difference between Barry Odom and those guys is Barry Odom coached in the Pinnacle Conference in college football. And Barry Odom, at a school that is not a traditional football power, held his own against Alabama, against Georgia, against Tennessee, against Florida. You look at his record in the SEC. You go 500 in the SEC. I don't care what anyone says. You're a pretty damn good yeah. football coach. And... I didn't know a lot about Barry Odom when he was hired, but the minute I heard him talk, I knew I liked him. And the 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 thing here is, look, I know they won six games last year. 
I know they were bowl eligible technically, but they they were not a good football team. They were not well coached. They won five games last year. I'm sorry, five games. That's yeah. right. That's but right. They, they almost got in with an under with, 500. That's record. that's what yeah. made me think that yeah. they were because they were the the weird goofy rule about being five and seven. Yes. You're, you're yeah. So thank um, God they didn't get into a bowl game. Yeah, last but year. they weren't well coached. No. They started four and one and went into a complete tailspin. No. This team was four and one. Had a bye week coming in against their big rival totally on the road, field. a team that was desperate, desperate for a win, and they. Demolished UNL or, or, or that school up north. Ricky White had a massive, massive game. Donovan Lester, three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, this is a good football team, and Barry Odom is a good football coach. He's not. He's not some guy who came in on the coattails of of another great coach. This is a guy who understands what he needs to do. He's a as I talked about a couple weeks ago. He's a professional. Yeah, he is a professional. He's not out there for a fashion show showing you how cool his sneaker collection is. He's a guy who was a football coach. And Barry Odom, listen, Rebel fans, you can hate me for saying this, but I know deep down you agree with me. He's not going to be here for long. He's not going to be here but very long. You know what? Even if he's only here a short time, listen, I, I think a, he has an opportunity to well, change the but, culture but of as, our football. As, as, as an alum... As a fan of this program, as a guy who spots for their their play-by-play, so I get paid by the school, full disclosure, I just want a guy to leave this program because he was... He recruited was, somewhere else because he was a good coach. Yes, he's some, and, a, a big school cherry picks him. Do you, do you know how long it's been yeah. since UNLV? The last coach... Who basically left on his own accord was John Robinson, and yeah. and look, I understand there were some some health issues for his wife, and you know that's what led him away. But Mike Sanford no, fired. Yeah, John Robinson's yeah. last coach, Chris, that anybody remembers or has any idea who yeah, he I mean, is. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean yeah, I, Bobby Howe. I, 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 some, you know, what? I'm glad you even brought him up because I completely forgot his name. Yeah, I'm thinking about the guy, the guy who who took him to the ball up game in Montana right now. Yeah, yeah. again, fired. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Sanchez. Okay, okay. Listen, listen, and 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 I'm. I know Tony Sanchez may may not get the the credit he deserves. Tony Sanchez was learning as he went along. I think at some point Tony Sanchez will become an, he'll he'll have another opportunity, and I believe he'll be successful because I think Tony Sanchez. I think he's a good coach, and I think he understands the game. This just wasn't the right situation for him, and coming from from Bishop Gorman to to the college ranks right at like it's hard but without him we don't have the fertita complex to say you know he laid the he, foundation to start a new culture yeah and and he he deserves listen results aside what he did behind the scenes he deserves a ton of credit for he was he was a community coach and the one thing that i love about barry odom as you said he won't be here long i don't think so either he is not a guy that has bowed smoke up anybody's backside he came right in and said look and 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 what chris was referring to is we were invited to this lunch before the season kind of an off the record lunch that they held for us up here not too far from the radio station as a matter of fact and we all kind of kind of got to meet and greet barry odom and he came in right away and said look i'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your 
backsides and talk about how I'm going to create a culture and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grow and we're building a program here. He came in and said, "Look, my job is to make this team win. If this team doesn't win, I won't be here very long." Well, the funny thing is, what he let neglected to say, "If the team does win, I won't be here very long either." But in the same respect, like Chris said, I don't care either. I just want to see this program develop a culture, not gain, get, you know, get a new culture. They've never really had one. I'd love to see the football program get a culture. And with the Fertitta Center and them playing at Allegiant Stadium, everything is built for that. And Barry Odom understands. A lot of people, you know, and I won't say a lot of people, I've heard a little bit of rumbling in the media only that Barry Odom kisses the media's ass. You guys are stupid to think that. That is not at all what he's doing. He is being smart. And on top of that, if you remember Caleb Herring, who was a coach of a co-host of the show for about three years. Caleb said many times that he, the reason he chose to come to UNLV because he wasn't recruited anywhere else. He said, you know, th- there's a negative connotation about UNLV. The media doesn't like them. The media here kind of writes negative things about UNLV. And you don't even really have a campus like like where the football, you know, Sam Boyd Stadium was way off of campus in Henderson. You know, now even Allegiant Stadium, it's close to campus, but it's still off yeah, campus. Yeah, but the difference is that's an NFL facility. No, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Saying, but the, the the thing is, is that Caleb said, you know, the problem was whenever you read anything about UNLV from out of state or if you looked it up, it was negative. Barry Odom is embracing the media. He gets a guy like like Jaden Maeva to come and be the quarterback out of a local school that was successful here and talks up the media, talks up these players, and things like that are going to get kids like Jaden Maeva to stay and in-state and play at UNLV. And this is what we want here. You don't want top recruits. Now, guys that are going to play top D1 schools and get paid, you can't do anything about that. But if you can get other guys that maybe do have D1 talent but you know are going somewhere where they might sit on the bench, maybe they'll stay here and play at UNLV now. That's what I think he is bringing. And I don't care if he's only here three years. As Chris said, the key is if they're trying to cherry-pick the UNLV coach at a D1 school, that tells you how damn good he's done here. Well, yeah, exactly. That that means he's done a... Listen, if in a year, I don't know, Stanford or, a, 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 you know, maybe maybe a, another school back in the Midwest comes calling for Barry Odom, you applaud that man. Absolutely. You give him a standing ovation because so that... So different than the last couple of coaches. That means, that means he did his job. Yeah. That means he... he and you know what? I do believe... That he will leave this program because I think it's pretty apparent the guy's a really good football coach. No doubt, you see the players how much they love him. Well, well, but the thing, like, like I was alluding to, that means he did his job, and I do believe that Barry Odom will leave the UNLV football program in a much, much better place than it was when he took over, or that it's been taken than it's been in, in in many, many years. I do like it a lot. Next week, tough game. They're playing Listen, Colorado you, you, State. You have everything to play for next week if you're yep. UNLV. Well, and that's going to be, you know, Colorado State, an interesting team. They're 3-3. Three and three. They played Colorado right to the brink. We learned that Colorado maybe isn't the team we might have thought they were after the first couple games, but that was still a big interstate game for Colorado State. This week, they should have they should have lost to Boise yesterday flat out, and instead they get a Hail Mary uh, with six seconds to go in the game to tie the game, and the extra point puts them over the edge. They win that game. 31 to 30. It is senior. It is not senior day. It's homecoming next Saturday for UNLV. The game is at Allegiant Stadium. I think with the record they have right now and the fact that they would become bowl eligible if they won, I think they get a pretty good crowd. I think they get a decent turnout. I think it will be more home laden, and I think it is a winnable football game. And if you look at their schedule, there are 
at least, in my opinion, two wins left on that schedule. I think they win. I, you know, listen, Fresno State on the road. Going to be a gonna real be really tough. tough game. They're a good team. Yep. And then Air Force. Tough game. At, in Colorado Springs. Tough game. That's a team that traditionally the UNLV tough football has, has struggled yep. with tremendously. Um, so, but look, other than that, I, I, I mean, they could Senior beat, Day San Jose State. They they're could, not they losing could, that game. They could beat San Jose State yep. at home. Look, I mean, and, you start, I, and I'll tell you what, at New Mexico, a very winnable game you, you as well. You start looking Those at the Those are the two schedule. games I say are for sure wins. Well, you start looking at it, you're like, you know what? These guys could win three of these games. They could. They could, technically. So If we'll, they get to eight wins, oh I mean, my what God. a job. Yeah, no doubt. They, they should have a parade for you. I know, I know we're looking ahead a little bit. But, but still. I mean, but Brian, look. I, I think they beat Colorado. They State get to eight week. wins, and they will get to a decent bowl game, yeah. which is a good payday for UNLV, and it bodes well for the hiring Look, and process. You're, right now, you're 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 also undefeated in the conference. Yeah, no, it's really really good. So I, I like them next week. Next week again, homecoming. Try to get out there to Allegiant Stadium. Check them out. It's a great opportunity to see the stadium and to see the new look UNLV Rebels. Uh, Jordan Maeva looks like, or Jade Maeva, excuse me, looks like he's going to be the quarterback. Doug Brumfield. You know, I talked to Joe Arrigo. He said uh, Doug Brumfield was the starter. Gave me some reasons why. I'm not going to talk about them on the air, but it made sense. But yet it looks like Barry Odom is just going to, you know, that old thing, hair of the dog, man. Just keep going with the, don't change things. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's the mentality right now of Barry Odom for his Rebel football team. Real quickly, want to talk about Major League Baseball. The championship series start today. The ALCS game one, Texas versus Houston. Same division. Uh, Funny, Houston swept the last series with Texas, and then Texas backs in. They literally lose the uh, the division on the last day of the regular season. They both end up with the same record with 90 wins, but Houston gets a nod, and both of them end up in the ALCS. That is going to be a hell of a series. Looking really forward to that one. Um, and, you know, Texas Rangers, out of all four teams left, they're the only team that has never won a World Series. So it'll be interesting here's, to see. Here's an unbelievable statistic for you. I heard this on another show, uh, Covino and Rich which is on this station uh, weekdays from, I think, 2 to 4. But the last 10 years, you want to know the record between the Astros and the Rangers? Oh, it's it's so lopsided. No. It's not, no, it's not. No. I thought it was. 106 wins for Texas, 106 wins for the Astros. That's cool, because this year the Astros have dominated yeah, them. But, it's like 13 I mean, to 9. It's it's unbelievable to think that over the yeah, course same of— Same batting average, too. I saw that. Yeah. I saw it in That's info. bizarre. Yes. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Well, listen, what that starts, and then, of course, on the other side, it's way cool. You've got a lot of Las Vegas locals on the other side with uh, Bryce Harper and Stott. Yeah, and then a, you've got Paul Seawald, the closer for the Arizona yeah. Diamondbacks. Pretty cool. Play, played here for—obviously played here for the Aviators, another Las the 51s, Vegas— 51s, but yeah. th- before they were the Aviators, but he also yeah, played we, here we, with the Mets organization. But, yeah, I mean, he's a local guy. Um, Green Valley High School, I think. Yeah, I think it might have been Green Valley High School. But, I mean, look, I mean, this is is great. First of all, I I know a lot of people are upset. They're they're upset that Atlanta got swept. What's the point of playing 162 games? Listen, they got swept. That's it. All 300 game winners. Show up. Three teams that won over 100 games. Atlanta the Dodgers, was too busy running their mouths Atlanta in the locker room. and the Orioles all lost. Yeah, I'm, Listen, bummed, guys, I'm bummed Baltimore got beat. I was. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like uh, Baltimore, but I'm happy that Texas is in simply because they've never won a World Series, and that'd be kind of cool. Got to fly on. The Bones, the Raiders, Spencer. Um, 
Huge game this week against uh, the the New England Patriots. I should say this week. How about today against New England Patriots? A chance to even up their record at three and three, um, based on they had lost three games in a row before they beat the Packers on Monday night. And real quickly after that game on Monday, might might as well play it right now. I got a chance to talk to Devon Diablo after the game, and uh, pretty excited about the Raiders being able to hang on and win that one at home on Monday Night Football. Divine Diablo, first win of the year at Allegiant Stadium, man. How big was this for you guys? It was huge, man. We needed that, uh, I won't say boost of confidence, but we needed this for the team. And um, we practiced hard this week, so we expected it. Talk about defensively, yours. Locker made two downs. Spillane gets an interception. He gave the credit to Marcus Peters, saying he knew he couldn't get it, so he tipped it up knowing somebody behind him would get it. That's pretty cool. That, that is pretty cool. Rob is a great guy. He'll give everybody else the credit for himself, but he played an amazing game. And two interceptions, that speaks for itself. Talk about the overall thing. Monday night football, you guys are down. You hang in there. That missed field goal, you still didn't go down. You, you knew you had to shore it up on defense, and you did the job. Yes, sir. As a defense, we knew we had to, um, you know, just buckle up and come to play. Uh, we kept saying it's our time. We wanted to reset every series, good or bad, and that's what we did. It's crazy how long you guys have been away from Allegiant Stadium, you know, even from the preseason. Now you get back-to-back games. Is it nice to know you got another one at home next week to maybe follow this one up? Yes, sir. It's amazing. And um, the, the fans showed out today, and hopefully they'll show out next week. What is it going to take for this team now to get a winning streak consistently? You win a game, a big game on Monday night, but now you guys got to go forward. It's one and done and move forward. Like you said, uh, consistency. We just got to be consistent with it. Uh, we got to play good in all phases, special teams, offense, and defense. As long as we play as a team, I think we'll be fine. Last question. Character of this team, how would you define it? Character of this team? Yep. Hungry. Uh, we'll always fight, no matter what. Appreciate you. Thank you. They need to be hungry. And Spence, are they going to be hungry enough to beat a New England Patriots team that's reeling right now? I don't know that Mac Jones is the uh, heir apparent to Tom Brady there. It looks like they may start having to think about getting another quarterback. But Bill Belichick's team may be in as much disarray as I've seen them in a long time. Perfect opportunity for for the Las Vegas Raiders to win two in a row. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing. I mean, historically speaking, you know, over the last 20 years, it's not like the Raiders have only won two, three games, you know, since I've been growing up. A lot of eight and eight seasons, seven wins, nine wins, just not enough to make it. And these are always the kinds of games when they have the momentum going that they seem to lose. So I'm really hoping to see that there's finally a change in Raider Nation. And Josh McDaniels has coached two really good games in a row. And I just wanted to quickly say, you know, that moment in the Steelers game when he said, I trust to the defense, I think was a turning point in the season because I think it sent a message to the defense. And they played very differently since that exact moment. Uh, they've played really well. I talked about it a little bit going into the game, how they're secretly number 18 in the league in defense. And they put out another stellar performance, one of the best performances on defense that I've seen in my lifetime from the Raiders. So it's really exciting to see. But like I said, this is always the game where they seem to set me up for disappointment. They should string together a few wins, you know, get back above 500. They seem to find a way to never do that. But I think this week and what I've seen the last two weeks, they keep playing like that. They're going to win. I think Spencer, the record, the, the next couple games, they got the Bears on the road. The Lions will be tough, but then the Giants come to town, the Jets come to town. The Raiders could win three of their next four games and make a season of it. Listen, almost out of time, biggest game of the day, I'd say the Lions and the Bucks in Tampa Bay. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but that would be the biggest game of the day. Let's get to the picks, man. I got to tell you, last week, uh, crazy. We went two and two here. Magnum lost, goes down to three and two. He took the Rams plus four. They lose to the Eagles 23 to 14. I win, took the Colts, plus two and a half. They outright beat Tennessee, 23-16. The scooper, our man, our prognosticator, took the Dallas Cowboys, said they were going to win outright. 
Woof. They got blown out by uh. Uh, blown out by the San Francisco 49ers, 42 to 10. And the Wiz got his third win, and he goes to three and two, taking the Jets uh, two and a half points. They the Jets won 31 to 21 over the Broncos, getting a big win for them. Three and two for three of us. The Scooper, two and three. He needs to make it up. We're almost out of time. Be quick. Who do you got, Scooper? We're going to go New England plus three. Sometimes you got to hold your nose and buy low. New England plus three, and I love, the, I love the little analogy there. I'll tell you what, quickly, I am going against uh, Chris Chapman's Jets. I just think the Jets are as bad as it gets, and I don't see him beating the Eagles, even though they're at Never home. Never beating the Eagles in their history. Nope, six and a half points, I'm taking the Eagles. Who do you guys got? I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm even going to do this. I'm going to take the Houston Texans at home getting points against the New Orleans Saints. I think they're a lot better than people think. I, I, I like C.J. Stroud. I think they're going to take care of business. Spence, who do you got? I'm not afraid of points in the NFL. I'll take the 49ers, the minus nine and a half against the Cleveland Browns. It's P.J. Walker. I'm not afraid. There we go. That You have it. I want to thank Jesus Lopez for coming in today. Thank the scooper for his input as always. Chris Magna, Chapman behind the wheels of steel. And, of course, Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski. Wouldn't know what to do without him. I'm Brian Feldman. We're here every Sunday on Fox Sports Radio, 8 to 9 o'clock. We will be back next week with... The Athletic Director of UNLV, Eric Harper, joining the show. Looking forward to that. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You like yelling at technology? Listen anytime on your smart speaker. Just tell it to put on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK Las Vegas.